Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's the Guardians 6, the Atlanta Braves 5 in 10 innings. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field. The thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And we did it. We ended the Braves winning streak. We took down the best team in baseball. We did it mostly our way. And we sent the fans home happy on this 4th of July with some uh, fireworks in the 10th inning and obviously some fireworks uh, as they're exiting the ballpark. So let's get into it. Let's get into the top storylines of this game. And yeah, I mean, the drama in the 9th and the 10th inning, the drama from the 7th inning stretch on is incredible. But I mean, the top storyline continues to be for this series the Braves are going to score runs the way the Braves score runs. And the Guardians are going to score runs the way the Guardians score runs. And we're going to see who's going to come out at the end of this thing. Uh, we get some more okay pitching. Okay, not, not great, but okay starting pitching. Uh, Bieber did hold this you know incredible offense to four runs. Uh, he only lasts four and two thirds, but you know, two games in a row now, starters hold them to four runs, which any other team in baseball would be a little much. But for the Atlanta Braves, actually okay, keeps the you know keeps the team in the game, and uh, the Guardians' offense is able to do it on this night. The things they weren't able to do in the first game of the series, they are able to do tonight. The big hits with runners in scoring position. Uh, you know, uh, coming back even after the home runs and scoring runs their way, working those rallies, uh, the Guardians' way comes out victorious. So in the grand experiment, which is home runs versus, you know, not many home runs. I, I can't say no home runs because Amon Rosario does hit a solo home run in this game. Uh, it was an important shot, right? It it wasn't exactly winning the inning, but they, they well, it was. They won the fifth inning. And then we turn around and won the sixth and the seventh innings and take the lead in the game. So, uh, you know, you win more innings, you, you get more of those tallies up on the board. Chances are you're probably coming out on top in the long run. Now, obviously, if someone goes off for like 10 runs in an inning, it kind of eschews this a little bit. But uh, in this situation where the crooked numbers weren't too outrageous, um, the Guardians won more innings and they're victorious on the game. So... Uh, all right, let's get into it. Let's get into some details. And, I mean, it was the Ahmed Rosario show uh, up until a certain point in this game. Uh, he really, really puts the team on his back, accounts for four RBIs himself. Um, so, uh, in the third inning, uh, the Guardians need a big hit. It's their first opportunity to, you know, get a big hit here with a runner on base, with a runner in scoring position. Freeman kicks off the inning with a uh, with a single. By the way, an interesting lineup tonight. Uh, you know, you got Freeman in there uh, playing third base. You got David Fry out in right field. So it's an interesting lineup with Naylor out resting the injured wrist. Uh, they did they did X-rays and MRI scans and everything like that. There's no structural damage. Just a sore wrist. So we'll see he's day to day right now. So you do get an interesting lineup with Jose DHing Bell at first, uh, gives Fry and Freeman Freeman finally an opportunity to get off the bench. I 
Freeman needs to be in there. He needs to find more at-bats than once a week. It's insanity. The guy's hitting 290 now with two more hits on this game and a 715 OPS. He, how can you not find this guy more at-bats? So uh, Freeman singles to kick off the inning. Uh, Straw with a line out. Gallagher, of course, with a strikeout. I don't expect much from them in the eight and nine holes. But Quan singles to keep the inning alive. And uh, it sets up Ahmed Rosario here uh, with two outs. So, uh, you know, my brother texted me. And he's like, do you do you realize how good Ahmed Rosario is with two outs and runners in scoring position? And uh, I did not. Turns out Ahmed Rosario is really freaking good with two outs and runners in scoring position. I know we've kind of been dogging him this season a little bit, but in these situations, he's come through time and time again, and he does it here with runners on first and second and two outs. He takes a 2-2 count. On a 2-2 count, takes a fastball and lines it in the left center field. A great swing off a left-handed pitcher. We will come back to that. And... Uh, uh, Freeman's able to easily score from second, and Quan the best in the business when it comes to scoring from first. I mean, honest to God, uh, flying around the bases. I, they never have the camera on him, but I'd love to see what kind of jump he gets on these hits. And he scores without a throw even. Uh, they cut the throw off at the pitcher's mound. So uh, Quan's in there, and we've got a 2-0 lead on Atlanta. So... Uh, like I said, my brother texted me, and then I did the deep dive. I got to do the deep dive. That's my thing, right? So first off, let's just say, off a left-handed pitcher, I mean, Rosario is hitting... Th- okay, so overall, let's 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 you know the overall number real quick before we get into the details. So overall, he's hitting 266 with a 675 OPS. All right, not... Okay. It's okay. It's meh. It's not great. Against a left-handed pitching, though, 312 batting average, a uh, 798 OPS, the very high on base percentage, a 369 on base. He's good. He's really good. The strikeout to walk ratio is so much better six walks to nine strikeouts, as opposed to 14 walks and 57 strikeouts against right handed pitching. Now, the sample size, it's a huge skewed sample size 255 plate appearances against right handed pitching, only 84 plate appearances against left-handed pitching but i mean okay the sops plus so the relative to the rest of the league uh ops plus against right-handed pitching he's a 68 remember ops plus is a stat where 100 is league average and he's a 68 against right-handed pitching against left-handed pitching he's a 118 he's good he's really good against left-handed pitching against right-handed pitching he's pretty terrible pretty bad you think they would have figured this out by now and help him out a little bit here. Give him a few days off against right-handed pitching, but no, he's he's their shortstop, man. He is in that lineup every day. And uh, here might be why. With two outs and runners in scoring position, he's had 25 plate appearances. He's hitting 478 with a 1,085 OPS, 1.085 OPS. That's in that's incredible. That's a decent amount of plate appearances, right? 25 plate appearances, 11 hits. Uh the only extra base hit is a triple. I guess the double tonight. Remember, this is you know, I'm recording this after the game. It's like midnight here in Cleveland. So, uh baseball reference fan graphs, they're not updated yet. So now add a double into that column. Uh they were runners in scoring position and two outs. 
So two extra base hits now on the season, but he comes through 478 batting average. And how good is that? It's second best in all of baseball with two outs and runners in scoring position. Jordan Alvarez, who has 23 plate appearances, is hitting 500 with runners in scoring position and two outs. Ahmed Rosario is second, now 26 plate appearances at 478. And I'm sure this is up a tick higher now, closer to 480 after this game. Uh, Keel Badu is actually right behind him with 22 plate appearances and hitting 474. So Ahmed Rosario, second best batting average uh, in the, in all of baseball. This isn't just the American League. This is all of baseball. Now, when it comes to WRC+, plus weighted runs created plus, he's not up there at the top of the list, and it's because it's he doesn't slug as much as the other guys do. They, they hit a more extra base hits than he does. Uh, so the batting averages aren't as high as his, but some of these slugging numbers are ridiculous. Like he's only sl- he's got a he's got according to uh, Fangraphs he's got a WRC plus of two ten. Corey Seager is leading all of baseball in twenty plate appearances. He's got a three sixty seven WRC plus. Now he's only hitting he only only he's hitting four twenty nine. So incredible from Corey Seager. The reason he's uh, Ahmed Rosario is a little lower on the list. I said the slugging. Ahmed's slugging 565, right? Uh, Corey Seager is slugging 1,286, 1,286. So uh, a big difference there in the slugging numbers is why the WRC plus numbers aren't as high. But as far as straight, good old-fashioned batting average, uh, Ahmed Rosario is up there with the best of the best in this clutch situation. So he comes through here. And this is where the experiment gets fun. Uh, fifth inning uh, with one out. The top of the lineup does it again. Man, uh, these guys are so tough. Acuna Jr. singles, 112.5 miles per hour off the bat. And then Ozzy Albies with the home run. And boom, just like that, it's a tie ball game. That's why this experiment is so interesting. Uh, two swings of the bat, and they've got this thing tied up uh, after the work we put in and the clutchness needed by Amin Rosario in the third inning. Now, Bieber was able to get out of some trouble earlier in this game because of the strikeout, and that's always been Bieber's thing. A walk and to start the, start the game in the first inning and catcher's interference puts Bieber in a really tough situation. But he strikes out Austin Riley. He then walks Matt Olson, but strikes out Travis you know, Dionard before Marcelo Zuna lines out to end the threat. So uh, two huge strikeouts in this first inning prevent a major disaster to start this game. And then he looks like he's uh, doing all right. Uh, They do get two runners on in the fourth before he strikes out Arcia to end the inning. Uh, But then in the fifth, they get him. They turn the lineup over. This would be their third at-bats off Bieber. And Acuna and Albies double up right there. Uh, for two runs. So double up with hits for two runs. But then they don't relent. Uh, Austin Riley with a single. He walks Matt Olson. Diarnard with a single. Eddie Roz- uh, After a Zuna line out, Eddie Rosario with an RBI double. And then they finally go to the bullpen. Uh, they bring in uh, Eli Morgan, who strikes out Arcia to end the inning. So Maybe Bieber runs out of gas. He's up around 97. I think he finishes the day with 97 pitches. Uh, They were kind of all over him. He does get a few strikeouts. Uh, His final line is four and two-thirds, six hits, four earned runs, 
five walks, woof, and four strikeouts and one home run allowed. Uh, so it was not Bieber's best performance. They they were kind of all over him. They were all over his fastball again. Uh, average exit velocity of 92.7. Uh, they swung 15 times and only whiffed once. So the Z swing percentage, the time of they were swinging in the zone was 76% of the time with a 92% contact rate. So when that bat left their shoulders, they were pretty much making contact with that fastball. Um, yeah, even his breaking stuff, a slider and his knuckle curve can't get him many whiffs. So it's a 19% whiff rate total on the day and a 24% total CSW. So not the super electric, efficient Shane Bieber, swing and miss Shane Bieber that we're used to. Um, he has to fight. He has to battle a little bit more. And because of that, uses a lot of pitches. Those walks, the, what's even worse than letting the runners on is it just it runs your pitch count up. You're not going to go deep in the game with five walks. So 97 pitches. They've got the lead four to two. Uh, they do it a little bit of their way, a little bit of our way, right? They the homers are there. They they put together a nice little rally after that, and uh, they've got themselves a comfortable four to two lead. And with the way their offense have been going, and now that they're into our bullpen, you know you would think that would spell doom for the Cleveland Guardians. But here comes Ahmed Rosario in the sixth inning, and he's gonna get one uh, again. The lefty starter. Uh, for the Braves is still in there. Uh, Allard, interesting. I looked up Allard. Uh, he played for the Braves, then played for Texas for a long time, and now back with Atlanta. Atlanta traded him to Texas uh, after his rookie season, and then years later, they came calling back and traded for him back into the organization. So at the time, they had a need, but they clearly there was something they remembered about him that they went and got him back. I just thought that was interesting. You don't see that very often, you know, correcting, you know, you want to call it correcting a mistake, but going back out and getting a player that used to be in your organization after years away and bringing them back. Uh, interesting to see. Uh, so he, in the sixth inning, he's still in there. Leadoff batter of the inning, Ahmed Rosario. I told you Ahmed Rosario was good against left-handed pitching. And uh, he gets another one out over the plate. And he cranks this thing at 104.9 miles per hour, 22-degree launch angle. 394 out to the bleachers in left field. He clears the 19-foot wall. It only would have been a home run in 17 out of 30 ballparks, which I find hard to believe considering he cleared the big wall out there in left field. But, uh, you know, the Guardians hit a home run of their own. It's a solo home run, so I'm sure the Braves fans probably were okay with it. Only his second home run on the season. Um but we make it a uh, we make it a game four to three game. We let the fans know. We let the rest of the team know we're not giving up. Just because Atlanta has the lead, just because they knock Shane Bieber out of the game, we are not giving up. Uh, that was a big comment from David Fry after the game, and you'll understand why. But he said that like this clubhouse, this team, they they don't quit, and uh, it's really good chemistry in there. And so uh, Ahmed Rosario, another huge at bat. Not two outs and with runners in scoring position, leading off the inning this time. Uh, it keeps us in the game four to three. And then uh, they would go to their bullpen. Uh, let's see, when do they go to their bullpen here? Allard finished uh, in the sixth inning. Okay, at some point in this inning, he gets taken out because McHugh comes in and pitches uh, and gets the next three outs. Uh, so he must have come in right after the home run uh, and got the Jose Ramirez fly out. 
and faced four batters there in the uh, sixth inning. I I listened to a lot of this on the radio. Uh, I was, you know, out and about for Fourth of July. Didn't get to watch a lot of this live. So if I'm skimping on some details, you're like, Davey, why didn't you mention this, that? You know, I didn't get to see stuff that wasn't really in the highlights. I listened to the radio as much as I could. Uh, but yeah, so I'm catching up on some details here. So they go to their bullpen after this Ahmed Rosario home run, and we go win the seventh inning. This one I got to listen to live. Now, what was hu- huge here in the seventh inning, and what I love seeing is that the Guardians were being aggressive on the base path. They knew they needed a run to come across. They knew they needed to tie this game up, and they're being super aggressive. They were aggressive all day against uh, D'Arnard, um, the catcher for Atlanta. Uh, they were running like crazy, and especially in the seventh inning. So Freeman gets on with that single and then steals second base. Straw's ground out, uh, again, an unproductive ground out. God, Straw is killing me offensively. He'd have a defensive moment, and we're getting to it, but he is killing me offensively. Um, and there's another moment coming up at the eighth inning that's just, I mean, had me pounding the steering wheel. So Straw with an unproductive ground out. Brennan with a line out, uh, pinch hitting for Rockham Gallagher spot. Uh, and then Quan is able to deliver another big hit, another single uh, on a line drive to right field. Drops it in in front of Acuna. Um, Tyler Freeman scores on the play, and it ties up the game. So a great job. He pulls an inside pitch. Uh, you know, he said on the radio, you don't see Quan pull many balls, but with an inside down and in pitch like this, it's pretty much all you could do with it. Uh, and drops it in in front of Acuna. So uh, they tie up the game. They do it four to four. Quan with a huge, huge hit here. Two out RBI. And then Ahmed Rosario, it's not a runner and score. Well, it is. It is because Quan steals second base. They're aggressive again against D'Arnard, and they steal second base again in the seventh inning. And so it is a runner in scoring position with two outs, and Ahmed Rosario delivers another RBI single. Uh, this time he gets a ground ball through on the right side to Acuna, and Quan uh, comes in to score, and they take the lead. They don't just tie it up. They take the lead 5-4. to four. Now here's where I get really frustrated. The eighth inning, Trevor Steffen comes in, gives up a single right away to Arcia. You're a little concerned, but then he gets Michael Harris to ground into a double play. A huge double play right there because they were about to turn that lineup over. Uh, And then gets Acuna to fly out uh, to end the eighth inning. Then they get something going in the eighth inning. Uh, Jimenez with a one-out single. Fry with a single. They've got something going here. Fry steals. Well, Ahmed and Rosario had already stole second base, so they steal another base in this inning. Fry single moves him to third, and then Fry uh, steals second base. Freeman strikes out, and then Miles Straw comes up with these two runners on in scoring position in two outs, and he... All right, I'm going to get angry for a second. I, there should be no anger in this game because we played fantastic, and we won an, ama- we, an amazing ball game, a really competitive, amazing playoff atmosphere ball game. I am so freaking annoyed with Francona and his inability to pinch hit for Miles Straw. What is Francona doing? What does he look down that bench and see? Three capable hitters sitting there, and not one of them is able to go in for Miles Straw here in the eighth inning. I know his defense is valuable. I know he makes an amazing play in extra innings with a throw home. Do I think Brennan can make that throw too? I do. I do. I think Brennan and Quan in center field can make that play. 
So, so it's not that Straw was the only savior, the only hope out there uh, in that 10th inning throw. He was charging in. It's a great throw. But I think some of the other guys could have made it. I needed someone else to hit here in the 8th inning. Now, I know that Bo Naylor is a risk to strike out just as easily as Straw's. Gabriel Arias has been terrible, and I think it was already... No, he wasn't in the game yet. He goes in for defensive purposes for Josh Bell. Uh, so he was available on the bench. Um, yeah, you had... Uh, who else was still on the bench? I guess Naylor's out because of the wrist thing. So you had Arias or Bo Naylor were your choices. And, and Naylor could have gone in. Fry could have gone back to right field. Brennan could have moved over to center. Like, defensively, it still works. I don't know. Who would you rather have up in this situation? Miles Straw or Bo Naylor with a chance to do something, the young kid to do something heroic? I, I, anybody but Straw. Anybody. And he strikes out with runners in scoring position, and we needed that insurance run. We needed it. Classe needed an insurance run there. The one-run game against Atlanta... The team that hits more home runs than anybody, what do they do? Sure enough, Ozzie Albies hits a leadoff home run in the ninth inning to tie the game. 97.5 mile per exit velocity. I believe it was a cutter out over the plate. I think both of Albies' home runs in this game were on hard stuff out over the plate. Uh, 373 would have been a home run in 29 out of 30 ballparks. Class A does not give up a lot of home runs. He doesn't. That's not his thing. That's only the second home run that Classe has given up the entire season. He's got a 0.23 home runs per nine innings, which puts him in the top 12 in baseball. Some of these guys haven't given up home runs yet. The top nine guys haven't given up home runs yet this season. And, you know, this is with a decent amount of innings under everybody's belt. Uh, you know, uh, to qualify in this list, you have to have a decent amount of innings. Uh Classe is 12th on the list. And think how many relievers there are in baseball. So he's literally one of the best of the best when it comes to not giving up home runs on the season. Now, it was a 0.23 home runs per nine going into the game. I don't know how much that number has changed uh, now that he's given up his second home run. But, uh, yeah, Classe, this, this doesn't happen. But that's what Atlanta does. So they tie the game up with a home run. Uh, he does shut him down for the rest of the inning. Uh, we can't do anything in the bottom of the ninth, uh, and so we go to extras. And this is where things get nuts. This is where things get crazy. Uh, Ozuna starts the inning uh, for uh, at bat for Atlanta. Uh, they put a pinch runner out there at second, Sam Hilliard. Ozuna flies out to center field. Uh, straw tracks it down. He does hit it hard, 105.9 miles per hour, but Straw tracks it down. Hilliard moves up to third. Now we get Eddie Rosario up. Eddie Rosario basically flips the bat at a low, low pitch and uh, pokes one into center field. This is uh, off of De Los Santos, by the way, who comes in to pitch for the Guardians. So he he pokes one into center field, flicks the bat at it. It holds up for Miles Strong, comes charging in to catch it, and then gets off a fantastic fantastic throw an absolute rocket home beats the runner by a couple of steps and fry has plenty of time to drop drop the tag on hilliard before he can touch the plate it is an absolute perfect defensive play so yes straw absolutely provides value defensively but he is just killing me at the plate in these high leverage situations so uh, it's a huge moment progressive field is rocking 
They uh, they come up for the uh, bottom of the 10th innings, and it is nearly a disaster. I mean, nearly an absolute freaking disaster. Ahmed Rosario starts as the pinch runner on second. They intentionally walk Jose Ramirez, because of course they will. They do. It feels like this it happens so much that Ramirez is up in these situations, and they intentionally walk him with that base open. And then Arias tries to bunt, tries to sacrifice those guys over, and instead bunts it right back to the pitcher, and they turn a double play on him. Are you kidding me? Could you ask for a bigger disaster? You just shut down the Braves in the top of the 10th inning. You got that runner standing out there on second with nobody out, and you... You might not bring them in because you ground into a double play. Are you out of your mind? So Atlanta makes a decision. I, Arias, you know, a lot of people uh, were, were talking, Arias, you know, it's time for him to maybe go down. I, I kind of am on that train now. I, I kind of am. Uh, from what we're hearing from Oscar Gonzalez, you can easily uh, make that swap Uh and get Oscar Gonzalez up here, and Brennan could shift over and play center field, and Straw could be the odd man out in the outfield because of it, and and then actually be that defensive and pinch-running replacement late in games. Um, yeah, this is bad. This is bad. Our, when you're a bench guy and you're asked to do these little things, you've got to be able to come up with a, a decent bunt. And uh, honest to God, even if they can throw to second and get that runner, I'd take first and third in the 10th inning, as opposed to uh, you know grounding into a double play here and now leaving two outs. So the Braves have to make a decision. They decide we're going to intentionally walk Andres Jimenez and we're going to pitch to David Fry with two outs, and they pay. Fry pulls one into left field, 103.7 miles per hour. It just makes it past the outstretched glove of Eddie Rosario there in left. He said for a moment, like off the bat, he's like, I did it. And then he sees Rosario running at it, and he goes, oh, he, he literally says, I need to put my arm down. Like he was already pumping his fist in the air to celebrate. And he's like, I, I look like Rosario might catch it. And I literally thought, like, I, I need to put my arm down. Like, I can't celebrate this thing yet. And sure enough, it gets over Rosario's head. Uh, you know, uh, Ahmed Rosario comes in to score the go-ahead run, the winning run. And David Fry has the big walk-off hit. David freaking Fry, our super utility guy. Uh, he's having himself one heck of a rookie season. Uh, just with moments, it feels like more than right. Great catch at Wrigley sliding into the wall and catches in the Ivy. And, uh, yeah, I know there've been ups and downs for David Fry too, but, uh, he is, he's been a fun contributor to this team and it's nice to see him get celebrated, get the big walk off, get the party, get mobbed out on the field by his teammates. It's nice to see for the guy. So just an absolute battle and the guardians way they don't hit a home run. They don't walk it off with a home run. They have to rally. They have to battle. They need a big two-out hit to get it done. And David Fry comes through. So the Guardians' way prevails. The Braves hit their home runs, right? Uh, Still leading baseball. They've gone, I think Hamilton said, 22 games, consecutive games with a home run. So they do their thing, and the Guardians are still able to win the baseball game. So let's see what we can do in the finale. Whew. Uh, that was a lot. That, you know, it was a lot of game recap and emotion in this one, but that's the storyline of this game. It wasn't stats and pitch locations and things like that. It was the emotions and the roller coasters of this game. Uh, the bullpen, despite Class A giving up the home run, 
I, I, literally aside from that hit, the bullpen was absolutely fantastic. Eli Morgan saves Shane Bieber from giving up even more runs there in the fifth inning and then goes on to pitch a scoreless sixth inning. Uh, he has two strikeouts. Sandlin comes in and pitches a scoreless seventh. He does give up a hit but has two strikeouts as well. Stefan had us worried in the eighth, but he does get the double play, a monster double play. Uh, Class A, unfortunately, uh, yeah, he needs a break, man. He, I, who knows what's going on there. He needs, uh, this all-star break to come and kind of reset himself. And then De Los Santos is an absolute beast in the, uh, 10th inning and survives. I mean, it's literally a game of survivor out there, uh, as a bullpen guy in these extra inning games and De Los Santos survives. Meanwhile, the, uh, Braves bullpen gives up three runs. So, uh, you know, it's one aspect of the game. They can hit all the home runs they want, uh, and we can scrape together all the runs we want. But the bullpens, the battle of the bullpens, we come out on top, and that's the difference in this game. So the Guardians' great bullpen once again pays dividends uh, for the team. Uh, MVP on the day. uh, Somebody actually uh, hit me up on Twitter. Uh... It was uh, Zach on Twitter said, I mean, Fry's the MVP on the day, right? The play at the plate and then the hit. I'm really happy for the guy. And you know what? I, I think Zach's right. I think if Class A gets the save there in the ninth inning, Ahmed Rosario is clear MVP on the day. I mean, three hits, two runs scored, uh, four RBIs. I guess if Class A got the save, it would have been one run scored. Uh, you know, monster day, especially, especially when the guys hitting behind him are, you know, Ramirez and Bell. Ramirez went ice cold at the same time Ahmed Rosario heated up, which is weird. Uh, but Ahmed Rosario has picked up the slack. Ramirez has, you know, I checked out his last few games. He was great in the Kansas City series, but he went ice cold starting in Chicago. Uh, he's gone now uh, four of the last five games he's gone hitless. The middle game in Chicago, we did have two singles, also had two strikeouts. Um, but yeah, he's he has been a non-contributor to the offense just in the last few days, which everybody everybody's allowed to have that. His batting average drop has dropped from the end of the Kansas City series at 298 to 286. So he's lost 12 points off his batting average just in the last two series alone. So. A little bit of a cold stretch, and we're really lucky that Ahmed Rosario decided now to turn it on and pick up that slack. So normally Ramirez or Rosario would get MVP on the day, but Zach's right. I mean, making making that tag at home plate, uh, getting that out at home, and then turning around and having the huge walk-off two-out RBI hit in the 10th inning, it's just such a moment that David Fry deserves MVP on the day. Um, an absolute fantastic job by the young guy playing multiple positions in the game as well, you know, starting in right field and moving to catcher. Uh, yeah, uh, it's a pretty incredible moment and Fry deserves it. So MVP on the day going to him. Ahmed Rosario is clearly the MVP of the series right now for Cleveland. Two good games in a row. We'll see what this third game holds. Um, all right, we got a couple of emails before we get out of here. Uh, Jeff with a G hit me up first. Jeff in Columbus. Uh, 
what a victory for the guards. Not only is Ahmed Jose's best friend on the team, but he's hitting the ball of late. Wow, what a performance over the past few games. I know he's probably walking next year, but I do appreciate his base running speed, his bat, and I don't mind his defense, unlike many Guardians fans. You know, stepping away from Jeff's email for a second, I know we've been hard on Ahmed Rosario this season, and it's probably because we know he's walking or a possible trade candidate coming up here. Um, it just, there's so many young shortstops in the system. It, it doesn't make sense. The thing with Ahmed Rosario is his ceiling seems low, but his floor also seems pretty high. So you kind of know what you're going to get at this point from Ahmed Rosario. Unfortunately, to make someone your franchise shortstop, you want just a little bit better. You want just a little bit more power. You want just a little bit more range on defense um, and ability. You know, sometimes he struggles when he's on the move with throws on the move. Um, you just want a little bit. You know, there's more. There's shortstops out there that can give you just a little bit more than what Ahmed Rosario gives you. So, uh, Ahmed Rosario absolutely is not a bad player to have on the team. He's not. He's been. And me and my brother were texting about this. Uh, and. You know, my brother's the one that pointed out the two outs with runners in scoring position thing. So he's all over Ahmed Rosario tonight. Uh, but Ahmed Rosario has been great value from the Francisco Lindor trade. He really has been valuable. It's just, I I think we could do better. I think we can. Uh, I know it's risky, but I don't I don't know what Arias is going to turn into. I don't Maybe it is Freeman. Maybe Andres Jimenez slides over. Maybe the plan all along, when they offered Andres Jimenez that long-term contract, they told them, we're going to let Amon Rosario play at his contract, and then we're moving you to shortstop, and it's your position. I don't know. And then Tyler Freeman could start at second base, or maybe it is Brian Rocchio down there at AAA. But either way, there's probably someone out there with a higher ceiling than Amon Rosario, and that's what the front office has to continue to search for. Um... Yeah, if you're going to invest your money, it just that's not the spot with so many young shortstops. It doesn't make sense that that would be the spot that they would invest more money into. So, all right, jumping back into um, Jeff with a G's email. Uh, I think uh, I do want to express some frustration with Classe blowing the lead again in the bottom of the ninth. I know he's overworked, but come on, he has to finish these type of games. I think we would have nearly three or four other wins this season, but for Classe blowing ninth inning leads. I'm a fan of Classe, but wow, I need a few one, two, three easy innings. Fingers crossed for tomorrow's game with Cal starting. Great win and gives us a chance to win the series against the Braves. Finally, what a play by Straw and Fry to put on the I put out at home. Straw has his faults, but that dude can play some center field. Take care, and thanks for the podcast. Um, yeah, you know, remember a few years ago, we were so excited with his defense that we were... I go back, and I'm, I know you're not going to go back and listen to episodes from two years ago, but if you were listening at that time, I was saying things like, how great is it to know that Miles Straw is going to be playing defense in this outfield for the next five, six years? The defense is still fantastic. Absolutely cannot take that away from him. Uh, it's just, we got to the point where we need more out of his bat. And I didn't think he was going to be this kind of hitter. I, if he was like a 260 hitter, I think we could live with it as the number nine hitter. It's just so many times rallies end up on his shoulders and he can't come through. Uh, so thank you, Jeff, for the email. Marlon also checked in with his reaction. 
Uh, what a difference a day makes. Yesterday, the offense failed multiple times with runners in scoring position. Tonight, they came through in both the third and seventh innings. However, the at-bats by Freeman and Straw in the eighth were terrible. Luckily, David Fry comes through in the tenth. Shout out to Ahmed Rosario the last two games. Both Rosario and Quan have looked like their 2022 selves by reaching base multiple times and setting the tone for the offense. I wouldn't even say they're setting the tone for the offense because, like I told you, uh, Ramirez behind them and Naylor and Bell weren't driving them in. They've, they've gone cold. So they're not setting the tone. They're they're being the offense right now. They're the one driving in runs. Um, so, yeah, so he goes on uh, to talk about Classe. Uh, which we've already kind of covered. Uh, and he says, when will Gabriel Arias be demoted in favor of Oscar Gonzalez? He's hitting, his hitting is dreadful, but not executing on the sack bunt was unacceptable. For the second consecutive game, he bunts the ball right back to the pitcher instead of bunting down the first or third base line. At least they avoid the sweep. I have no confidence at all in Cal Quantrill, Marlon, and Birmingham. So uh, thank you to Jeff. Thank you to Marlon. Thank you for Zach for reaching out on Twitter. Uh, and being a part of the show. Yeah, I'm I'm going. I'm going. I guess you're listening. I'm recording this at midnight. You're listening to this in the morning. I'm going to tonight's game. And uh, I am a little concerned about Cal Quantrill pitching. But you know what? I'm going with my dad. Uh, we got lucky enough that he met someone that has fantastic seats. And they were nice enough to uh, invite us to a game. Uh, in their seats, so we're going to be sitting right behind home plate. I mean, I don't sit here very often. This is not my style, so uh, we're going to be living the good life uh, here. We get very lucky, but uh, I'm going to have fun no matter what. It's going to be great to be at the ballpark. The crowds have been, I mean, playoff atmosphere in this Atlanta series, and the the games have been competitive, Uh, so we'll see. Man, I really want to, I want this experiment to work out in our favor, right? I want the young, scrappy team to be able to say they beat the home run hitters in a three-game series. Uh, it, it would it'd be a lot of fun. It would be a lot of fun. I know it's not officially playoffs. We we know it, it ratchets up another notch or two when the actual playoffs come around. But it's as close as you're going to get in the regular season to that kind of atmosphere. So um, thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Again, the final from Cleveland. It's the Guard Six. The Braves 5 in 10. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Spotify. If you go to the link in the show notes, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play it back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.